Good morning, beautiful people, and welcome to another episode of Sharings with Shama. Today I am a bit tired. I had surgery surgery yesterday, and so I am in recovery. And I have a I should actually be lying flat on my back, but I felt like a calling to record this. So I'm sitting in my bed. Uh, I've lit a candle. I have a cup of tea. I think I'm going to be messing around a bit because I need to be comfortable and I hope that you're okay with this. So today I would like to share uh, with you about dysfunctional relationships. What is that? Why do we call them that? Uh, What does it mean? You know, what does it mean to us? And uh, I just want to begin by saying I think... It's an awful name. I hate the name. I don't think it's okay. And I think it's something that we should actually uh, stop. It's a word we should just stop using. We are relating. And if it's functional or dysfunctional, if it's good or bad, it's just like putting things in boxes. And I don't like to put things in boxes. And if you label something, and especially if you label it with a negative label, then how good do you think it's going to get? So I want to share with you from my my own reality, of course. And I'm going to use the word a little. And I will try after, once I'm done with this podcast, I will try to bury this label, at least for me, because I don't believe in it. I I think that we have, you know, um, it's just like we have the ego and then we have our essence. We have love and fear and we have functional, dysfunctional. And it's the more we use the labels that are kind of, of not the truth, because I, I think to label something dysfunctional, I don't, that is not the truth. That is just the perception, so... So I want to go back and just say that if I look at my life, it's, it's like this dysfunctional relationship. And I know I've spoken so much about it in these podcasts. So, uh, and it's so good. I am doing this and I'm doing this on my own and I can change my mind and I can just have an insight and say, fuck the word dysfunctional relationship. Just, I take it back. I am sorry I ever said it. But I'm going to use this podcast to 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 vent about it. So uh, for as long as I remember, with just one or two tiny exceptions, I always related with men on the dysfunctional side, which means that there was like a, a chemistry. There was always a lot of love. There was a high, high chemistry between us, but there was it wasn't working. It was always this on-off relationships. There was a lot of lies. There was a lot of addiction. There was a lot of, you know, uh, weird behavior. It was abuse. It was, you know, avoiding behavior. It was a lot of... You, you can imagine the whole spectrum of everything that we w- would label dysfunctional. I have lived it. Trust me. And the thing is that the last years... Um, I am I am seriously healing a lot. I feel it. And how do I know I'm healing? I know my anxiety level is much less. I can handle pain in a much better way. I can spend time alone without feeling lonely. You know, I'm much more um, strong in what I feel is my path. I'm less... Uh, I'm selling out much less. I'm not as afraid as I was before. So there are many, like many, I I have a lot of confirmation that I'm, I am actually healing. But the thing is that how do you know that, you, that it's actually working? It's like, you know, uh, it's like you're trying to fly and you're trying to fly and you flap your wings and you run back and forth on the field and you're trying to fly. And it's working and you're flying like one meter or two meters on the field and you elevate like uh, 30 centimeters from the ground. But the thing is, how do you know it's going to work when you jump 
out from the tree. You don't know until you do it. So you have to test your wings. And that is what I've been doing the last, let's say, the last two years. And how do you test your wings? Sorry, now I'm going to mess a little because I need to remove my sweater. How do you test your wings? I mean, you have to do that in a live situation. You can't do that in a test environment. You can't go to a retreat and kind of challenge yourself with old wounds and see, are you still sad, yes or no? Or does this behavior still hurt you, yes or no? I mean, life is the ultimate test to know where you are at. And the thing is that I'm not recommending anyone who feels that they haven't healed their wounds to enter the same situation over and over and over again. So if you know that you have like a codependency strike in your behavior, you must be super aware and catch yourself if you're going in that direction. You know, if you have a tendency to to go with uh, abusive men, you have to catch yourself. That is not something that we try, you know. Uh, we can try and see, yes, I can remove myself from that situation. I can say no to that person. I'm not going down with you. But uh, we have to also be very, very careful with how we do this kind of tests. And for me, life actually gave me these moments in the last two years. So, uh, and I can see, and this is also very, very interesting. I thought I had, a, I had a strong idea. And I don't know if that is what all the self-help books says to us, all the, you know, people, know-it-all people, spiritual people say that when you heal, you will meet a different type, you know, or the situation will change or, you know, Everything will be, you know, and, and if you heal your wounds, then you will meet this love that is perfect, that is not dysfunctional, that is not going to challenge you the way the, the, they used to and so on. And I'm calling, I'm saying bullshit. I don't think so. At least not in my case. Or maybe I'm just like, I'm so totally fucked up, so it didn't work for me. I can just say that for me, the last... The last two years, universe or the God, he has really upped my game. He has put, he has placed people that are much more extreme than they used to be. When I compare like the two, two, three people that I met, let's say two, okay, the two men that I loved the last two years, when I compare them to my ex husbands and you know fathers of my kids and so on I just see that wow this is amazing it's it's almost like uh, they are like an elevated version of what I used to handle before you know it's much more complicated it's so much more difficult and and it's so different and um Yes, uh, I told you a few episodes back that I separated from this person that I met um, a, few, a couple of months ago who really had this behavior that I couldn't take. And, uh, and I can just see that he is a, he's a type, he's a version that is actually much more difficult than the ones I met before. And... Uh, Last year, I met someone, I've also spoken about him, a person that I, that I truly love. And I said that in one episode, I said he's most likely going to be in my heart forever because that's just as it is. And it didn't work out. And I'm, I'm thinking these two, two men, if I take them one at a time, like a couple of years back, I... This is the first time when I realized that actually when a man tells me that he was um, severely abused as a child or his mom was an alcoholic or drug addict, his daddy left when before he was even born 
or he was adopted, he, he suffered through a lot of violence. And, you know, uh, when they tell me their story, that's the moment when I should say, okay, bye, good luck with your life. Okay, and I should just leave them. And, um, of course, I don't. I mean, how do you leave someone who tells you his story like that? But to save myself from any, any pain at all, that was the moment when I should have said goodbye. And I didn't. So, uh, the guy that I spoke about, sorry, oh, sorry, uh, the guy that I spoke about, the one I met a year back, it's like a year and a half back, we met the day before Rachel's 30th birthday, uh, we met on Tinder and, you know, uh, I saw him and I immediately felt like, oh, wow, that that man, okay. You know, he ticks my boxes. He's just like, ah, okay. And we matched and he texted me immediately saying like, hi. And I said, hi. And, um, and then uh, he was working and he was here visiting and he wondered if we could take a drink and I said yes of course I'd love to let's do it and he needed to take a nap so we met a couple of hours later and I came to uh, the hotel where he was staying I met a friend there and we were chatting and then all of a sudden this man comes in and he's dark he's uh, American and um, yeah he's very good looking and and he saw me and he just stopped and he stood there looking at me and uh, he came up to me and he said, I, I don't believe my eyes. Are you, are you for real? Like, I'm like, yes, I'm, I'm for real. And he was immediately kind of taken by me. And we sat down. Uh, he had a glass of wine. I had a, I don't know what I had, a tonic or whatever. And we spoke and we spoke and we spoke. And, and then he began to, he wanted to hold my hand and I felt very uncomfortable with that. And uh, we sat down maybe for an hour because I didn't have any time. And uh, I knew he, he wanted to kiss me when we separated and I just felt like, nah, this is too much for me. He walked me out. He saw me take my bike and I biked away. And um, yeah, that was that. We separated and then we texted afterwards and he said like, wow, you are amazing. He was really like, you are amazing. And I, th I just said, thank you. I was super, super stressed and super happy at that moment. I was planning this big, big, big surprise party for Rachel. And uh, the morning after was her actual birthday. So uh, I went to her hotel and we had planned breakfast for her there and I just texted him, said, I'm passing your hotel right now on my bike. Uh, would you like to have a, just a small hug at lunch? And he said, of course, I'd love to. And so on my way back, I passed him. We hugged and we talked like maybe for 30 minutes. And then I had to leave again. So I just left him and went back home. And uh, that was Rachel's birthday. Her and, and he kept texting me that you are radiating. You are an incredible woman and I was like yeah yeah okay that's nice and I was planning for Rachel's birthday and him and I kept texting and then eventually in the evening he texted me and asked how is it going and how's the party and so on I said it would be lovely if you come join us here and he's like are you sure and I'm like yes 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 you can come come join us and do you know what he does at 11, uh, between 11 and 12 or something, he's coming down to the party. He looks, my, my kids, they say he, he looks like Morgan Freeman. And <laughs> he met everyone. He met my whole family, my kids, my sisters, all our friends. I mean, we were so many people at the party. And he just hung out with us. And I think that was amazing. He just took himself out of his comfort zone, entered our private party and he was there and 
And then after that, I was watching loonies, actually. So I had arranged a babysitter for loonies. So I needed to go home. And and so we walked together from the party, kind of split out outside his hotel. And, um, yeah, he was a bit disappointed. I needed to leave again. That was like the third time I left him. And I went home to loonies. And the next day... Uh, we had a conversation, but then I could feel he was a bit grumpy, you know. He was not really as available to me as he had been the other days. And he had already told me that he has, had prolonged his stay. He was actually going, um, leaving that day, but he had decided to stay on the Sunday just to see me. So anyhow, I asked if he wanted to join us for brunch, and he said no, he didn't want that. And and then in the evening, I asked if he wanted to meet me, and he said sure. And um, I went to his hotel, and I stayed there. And, uh, well, so that was like the fourth time we met, and I stayed at his hotel, and we made love, and it was it was lovely. And after that he kind of closed down. I could immediately feel that, okay, after that moment, which was lovely, he closed down and he changed. And I felt a vibe that was super uncomfortable. And until that moment, I had just felt very, very happy. And, you know, uh, it was a lovely encounter, lovely weekend, everything was lovely. So after a couple of hours, like two at night, I just feel like I can't sleep here. I can't stay here. I have to go. So I pack my things silently not to wake him up. And I, when I do that, I pack and he wakes up and he says, hey, baby, what are you doing? And I'm like, um, I need to go home now. He's, he's like, okay. So I packed my things and I kissed him and I said bye and then I left. And I forgot my phone in the room. It was like, oh, shit. So as soon as I came out, took my bike, I felt freedom, freedom, freedom. And I just biked home and I felt like I could breathe again. And I was like, what was that weird vibe, you know? And then I forgot my phone. So I texted him from my computer when I got home and I said, sorry, I... Uh, to leave you I just needed to sleep in my own bed and I forgot my phone could you please leave it at the reception and he just answered sure in the morning I texted him and I said I wish you a happy flight and it was lovely to meet you and just making sure you left the phone in the reception and he's like yes it's there in your name nothing else and then I saw him on Instagram and he was at Orlando Airport, you know, and he just hashtagged Club Lonely. And I felt like, oh, Jesus, I hurt him. And uh, anyhow, I just felt like, OK, that was that. A couple of days later, he texts me and just says, Shama, I'm thinking about you. And I'm like, yeah, I think about you, too. Okay, and then something began. Then we began to relate, and we had these weird conversations, you know. When he was texting me, he missed me, and I was there, you know, answering him, and then I didn't answer him in the way he wanted me to answer him. I didn't give him what he wanted, so he got pissed, and he cut me off for... And then I began to like, hey, why do you get so upset? I don't understand it, and so on and so on and and there was like this weird conversation going on back and forth uh, he reached out I answered or I felt something and I reached out and he answered and then it always went sideways you know it always went bad it was always one of us being disappointed or hurt so we just kind of felt like fuck it and then we just stopped like just fuck this I went to Aruba a month later and when I'm in Aruba there is like there is something calling inside of me and I'm just thinking about this person. We haven't been in contact I think in three weeks or so and I just text him and I say hey I'm thinking about you and he answers immediately he said I thought you just dropped me you know 
I thought you just let go. And I said, yeah, I thought I did, but obviously I didn't. Okay. And we just had like a small chat there. And uh, and then he asked, when, when, when you go home to Sweden? And I said, the date I'm going home to Sweden. And uh, when I touch down at Arlanda Airport, I get a text, him saying that he's coming to Stockholm that same day. And I'm like, okay. And he has got his son with him. And yeah, if if it's convenient, if it works, he would like to see me, if I would like to see him. And uh, yeah. And I said, yes, of course, of course. And then, not this day, but the day after, I think, we met. He came over to my place and we had like, yeah, we spent a lovely evening together. And it was so... There was so much joy, you know, there was so much laughter. I, I remember us laughing so much. And and the energy between us, you know, I'm I'm Swedish and he's like he hates this independent Swedish mentality. And he's American, he's Creole, he's very, you know, his uh, if I go to his upbringing, it's one of the worst I ever heard of. It's like he says it's it, there are things he can't tell me about his childhood, you know. And uh, when I say worth, if you add everything, everything from violence to, uh, you know, um, drugs to addiction to and where he comes from, no one gets away. You know, everyone gets addict, you know, drug addicts or alcoholics or they get mentally, you know, fucked up. Uh, so they get some kind of mental disease or something. So every everything is so, you know, heavy on his side. And he got away. He's very, very successful in what he does. And he's really, you know, he's on that path. He's very, very successful. He's taking care of his sons, making sure that they all stay out of that, their past. And... Um, Anyhow, uh, we are here and we have so, so, so much fun really laughing and we missed each other. We missed, we really missed each other. And uh, and for me, his energy is, uh, he's like, the I would say the, the man I met who has the strongest energy of everyone. And I realized that when I am with him, it's so easy for me to lose myself so easy for me to give up myself it's very very hard to be to stay in my essence together with him and I felt the day after I felt totally drained I felt wiped out I felt so kind of low on energy and he wanted to meet me he had one more day he wanted to meet me that day too and I said no <laughs> I said no and what happens when I say no everything went bad of course. He was like, I got the rudest text, really. Uh, I don't think anyone ever been so rude to me before. And I I just felt the, the more he texted me, you know, I felt like, okay, that was a really good decision not to meet again. Okay. And then uh, I just felt like I want to be at home with my dogs, be at peace, you know, just be me in my own life. I got, I honestly, I got scared, really. This high level of energy scares me. And in the morning, uh, I just texted him, have a safe flight. And uh, yes, I love you because I feel a lot of love for this man. And he texted me, Shama, I love you so much. I'm so sorry for my behavior yesterday. I'm so, so sorry. Um, and it's inexcusable. And then he touched down in New York and he texted me immediately again saying he was so sorry and that he loved me. And I'm like, okay, okay, interesting. This is interesting. And anyhow, he comes back again. This was like, yeah, we're on and off in this kind of conversation. We talk, you know, we exchange SMSs. It goes bad again. It's on and off and it's really, really bad. But we are on each other's minds, you know. And then he 
returns, I think. It, it takes six months or so he returns and we meet and we have a lovely time. And then it goes bad. We separate, it goes bad. And he comes back, we meet, we have a lovely time. And the thing is that when we meet, you know, when he comes, he always stays at the same hotel here. And either he is, gets there before me or I am there waiting for him. But when he comes and we hug and we stand there hugging, you know, just stand there hugging and kissing, it's like, it's like this, you know, homecoming feeling, not wanting to let go feeling. And it's a feeling of joy. You know, we get so happy when we see each other. And then we begin to relate, we get close, we have sex, and things go bad. It's just like, you know, and I can say when I say things go bad, it's we both have our ways to handle separation, to handle pain, to handle that we don't, we cannot get what we want from the other. Me, I would like to have a man that I can travel with, that I can live with, who supports me, who loves me, you know, who really is my rock, kind of, um, who makes me not have to think about everything, about cars and houses and stuff, you know. I have this vision, this idea, that's my relationship and this guy is going to love me so much and he's going to be my super rock solid person. And, and he has this idea of me being him, his, you know, forever faithful Sweden, you know, always be his shining light, always be his, you know, go-to place. He wants to trust me and to really know I'm there for him, even though he travels the world and he's here so rarely, you know. Uh, he does not want me to have other men even though he cannot commit. So uh, I really feel that we are so, so different in our needs. And our needs, of course, come from where we are at and what we carry in our luggage. So it's really like when we come together, when we merge together afterwards, he needs to separate and he needs to separate hard. It's really he needs to cut and I want to keep us going. I want to keep relating. I want to keep, you know, this vibe, loving feeling. Because for me, separating is so painful. So whenever we meet, afterwards, it's always lovely when he comes. It's, before it was always like, yeah, I'm coming. Are you there? Like, yeah, maybe we can meet and so on. And I just felt like, of course, I meet you if you're here. You know, so we met in May and then I went on vacation and then he he came back uh, in July and we met in July and and in July something happened. I think I I left myself. I became like I got a bit codependent. I felt I really wanted him to be my man and he felt like I you, I I can't have you, so there's no way, you know. I'm leaving tomorrow, so this is not working. So he cut me off so hard. He cut me off so hard. And I just felt like he stayed for another night, didn't see me, and I was... And that time, that part in July, I got really, really sad. And I, I just felt like, okay, okay this is the time... Now this person is getting to me. Now this person is beginning to affect my mood. This is this is not working. I can't, you know, I can't go down because of a man. That's in my past. So for two weeks I had to work really, really hard on myself. You know, do all the good things that I say that I must do. Um, my mind was racing towards his, you know... All the time, I was thinking about him all the time, just, you know, wanting to fix things, you know. I just, I, 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 at that point in July, I got this feeling that I must become what he wants me to be, you know. 
I must become that woman that fits into his world. And it was a terrible feeling. It was really, really a terrible feeling. I felt, I felt the same as I did when I lived with my alcoholic husband, that I was the loser, that I was not on top of things, that I'm losing myself. So I had to work really, really, really hard to gain my sanity back. And I did. And I remember I went to the summer house. I remember feeling okay again and really feeling I processed this man and that I actually met someone who was not functional, you know, who was not stable, who really had this super hurt in him that always affected me. And I really felt like, okay, I managed to go through. I didn't go down with him. You know, we're not together and that's okay, you know, and I'm okay. So I remember sitting in the sauna talking to God, just saying, thank you. Thank you for everything. Thank you for putting this because this man is extremely charismatic. He is, what shall I say, if if I would fall for someone, he's like, he's the, the most en- enigmatic, do you say that? He's like very, he's a lot. And uh, and I actually managed to not sell out and kind of prostitute myself and eventually go down and die. <laughs> Anyhow, so I felt a lot of gratitude to him for coming into my life, for really challenging me in my support towards myself, you know, He always challenged me in being this self-sufficient, you know, independent Swedish woman. And I'm like, yes, hey. And (laughs) we talked about feminism. And I said, of course, everyone is a feminist. Of course, you have to be. He's like, no way. I'm not a feminist. Of course. But don't you believe in equal rights between men and women? He's like, of course I do. Well, then you're a feminist. No and and it's like you know i realized that our differences there there are he is also like he's he's our we are the opposites the total polarities you know and um, and there is something still there is a loving vibe anyhow i go to the maldives and i have a lovely lovely time there and eventually a couple of weeks into that trip i think of him And this is the thing, I think of him so often. I think of him and I think of him. And I just texted him and I said, hey, I'm thinking about you. I'm sitting here on the airport in Doha and I'm thinking about you. And he's like, okay, how's, why, why is that? And I said, well, I guess I guess I still love you. I guess that's the only reason I can <laughs> I can feel that this intense feeling is... And he's like, and he's always doubting me, always doubting me. Do you, do you really? I don't think so. And if you did, you would do this and that and so on. You would be this and that if you did. And I'm like, okay. So anyhow, I, uh, so we start up the conversation again and it's loving and then it's weird and it's loving and it's weird and it goes on and off and And I'm off for, for, I'm shooting a film, a commercial when I get home, so I'm out in the archipelago. And and it's really like I wake up in the morning to the most loving text that I am, the, the love of his life text. And if I don't have time to answer in the afternoon, it's, okay, fuck you, I'm out. So I can see that the pain that is, in relationship to me from his side it is there you know and when I can't meet him in his needs you know if I'm busy then it's hurt it's hurting and he cuts me off and I know when I am longing for him and I want his confirmation I want him to confirm me and tell me he loves me and stay with me and be with me then I'm kind of you know and he doesn't and he cannot meet me in that because he's doing whatever I get hurt and I feel like no this is not working I can't have this so it's always like 
we love each other, we want something from each other, the other person can't deliver on that because of my wounds or his wounds, and the other person shuts down. So we have been having this on and off relating now for one year and a half where we want something from the other one, the one can't, can't deliver on that, and we get hurt and we cut off. So anyhow, there... I just said that this is not this is not working. This is not nice, you know. I this is not working. Let's just okay. And him like yeah. Let's just let's just break here. Okay, let's just break here. So we did. Okay, and then a month later, end of August, I again begin. I think of him so much, so much, so much, and I just text him and I say, hey, I just want you to know I'm thinking about you, and I hope that you are well and happy. And he texts me back and he said, Hi, Shama, I want you to know that I'm so grateful for everything you taught me, everything you gave me. I'm so, so grateful that I met you and I love you and I wish you nothing but the best. And then he texted me and said, And also what you are seeking is seeking you. Don't forget that. And I just wrote him back, Thank you so much and I love you. And uh, let's just, yeah, I think that that was, I think that the love and the healing, what, 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 what was, what were, I don't know how to say that. Anyhow, that was what we were about, the love and the healing. And I wish you all the best. And then what happens? He cuts me off, not a little he blocks me in his phone. He blocks me on Instagram. So I can't even look at his Instagram, you know. He just like, chook, like that. And I, I realized that a day after because I go to his Instagram and I look at his picture and just, and I realized he's no longer on Instagram. I'm like, what? Did he get off Instagram? Wow. That's amazing. That's a bold move, especially in his, his his career and work. And and I asked the friend, could you please check if you can see him on your Instagram? And she's like, yes, he's there. He just blocked you. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, after a year of dating and relating, he gets so, like, so he blocks me. And I felt like, okay, he doesn't care. My feeling was, he doesn't care about me. Now he was like, just, that was it, you know. And I got really, really sad. It hurt me a lot. And I managed. I did not go down. I was sad for a couple of weeks. I was like, taken by, I was like, that's a very hostile action to block someone on Instagram. To me, at least. I, I think I blocked one person ever in my entire life. And that person was a lunatic, a stalker, totally. And I just felt like, okay, so that's how he sees me. And, uh, yeah. Something happened, so I texted him because I wanted him to know about that. He didn't answer. I mean, I can see when I text him also, the SMS, they're not blue, they're green, and they're not delivered, so I know I'm blocked. He doesn't see my text, so that's it. And... Uh, and I just felt like this person, I was a nobody to him, really. He just moved on with his life. Anyhow, fast wind forward, I meet this other man in the beginning of November. And I just felt, and the ironic thing that they are a bit alike in their appearance. Anyhow, I meet this other person and we begin to relate and it takes not long until I realize that there's something very, very strange in his behavior too. He's also super, super traumatized as a child, you know, super traumatized as a child. Um, I can't, well, you can't compare traumas, but this person, they share not the similar, but a lot of early childhood traumas before they are like age five, six. And I told him also when I met him and he told me a story. I said like, this is the moment when I should just 
walk out on you, say thank you, nice to meet you, but goodbye, because I know this is going to be trouble. And him like, why, why do you say that? And I said, because I just know it. I just know it. And of course, it became difficult. And we separated uh, a week ago. And I recorded that podcast, you know, the When Love Breaks Down podcast. And anyhow, uh, him and I, after the breakup, we're still in contact. Like a little, uh, I wanted to meet him to just sit down and just have a sharing and see what was real and what was actually illusion, which part of us was sincerely invested in our relationship and which part was very dysfunctional. You know, I wanted to 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 meet him. So we had a, a chat ongoing, anyhow, in a loving way, but... We separated on Thursday and on Monday morning, this Monday morning, I'm sitting, uh, just having breakfast and then I see a text. Oh, sorry, I need to move myself now. Now I need to... I realized one thing also. Okay, now it's going to be messy. Johan is not going to be happy because I need to turn the mic a bit. Okay. I'm sorry about that. I've realized also that I can actually... Uh, put a pause on the on the recording you know I don't have to um, record non-stop all the time but I'm not going to try that yet anyhow I'm sitting having breakfast and then I get a text from an unknown number because I deleted this person's number from my phone I deleted everything because I felt it hurt so I just I'm going to remove him he doesn't care about me so I have a text from an unknown number, but I see his face and he says, hi, Shama. And I'm like, what the fuck? Early Monday morning and I just like, what the fuck? And the immediate, you know, thing is that, and he just texted again, how are you doing? In WhatsApp. And I didn't answer and I'm sitting there thinking, what the fuck? What do I do now? What do I do now? What do I do now? And then he texts me on the normal SMS also. He says, hi, Shama. And I'm, okay. I text a friend. I have a dear friend. She was with me in this whole relationship. So I text her and I said, you know what? He's texting me now six months later. Five months later. Five months after he cut blocked me on Instagram he sends me a text and she's like her immediate like you don't see him don't answer don't answer and I'm like hey I cannot not answer that's just it's on my path this is no coincidence I break up with this other guy on Thursday and Monday morning he comes back and he says hi Shama and I'm like of course I'm gonna text him so I text him and I say hi how are you doing and he says, I'm in Switzerland. And I'm like, okay. And he asked, where are you? I said, I'm in Stockholm. And he said, I'm coming to Stockholm this afternoon. Can I buy you a lunch or a, a tea? Can we meet for tea? And I'm, yeah, of course. Of course we can do that. Nothing in me, <coughs> you know, nothing in me is fuck you asshole. There is nothing in me who feels anything but, you know, curiosity, joy. I feel so much, but I can't really define it. But there's nothing in me who says, fuck you, asshole. No way in your dreams that I will meet you again. It's just like, of course. And uh, so later that evening, uh, around six, at six o'clock, I... I'm late. <laughs> Normally, if I'm late, he gets very upset. At five past six, I'm supposed to be there at six. At five past six, he texts me and he said, um, Shama, I, I pushed our reservation 30 minutes in the future. So it's 6.30. I thought you might need the extra time. And I'm like, okay, thank you. That's nice. I see you in 10 minutes. And I come down to the hotel and we meet 
and we stand there in this long hug again. And he's like, am I supposed to let you go? And I'm like, no, I don't think so. And we just stand there, hug, and and he is, there is something that is changed. There is something soft in him. And we speak, you know, we sit there for hours and hours and we talk and talk and talk. And I, and I asked him why he did what he did. And he, and he explained everything to me. He explained and he said, do you know what? I have so much shit in my past. I have so much, I can't. I can't feel pain, you know. I can't go down that road because that road is not taking me anywhere. He said that everyone I know I left behind, they are on that road of pain and destruction and I can't go there. So I just do what I have to do. And he also said that sometimes you must, you know, you must leave the details to be able to look at the bigger pictures. So, and I said, yeah, but you, you really, really hurt me. Yeah. And he said, yes. And a normal person would not meet me again, but I know you, <laughs> he said. And, and I'm saying like, and why did you block me on Instagram? Why? And it's just like, I, it was just something I had to do. I can't, you know, the, the pain for me, this is just how I deal with pain, you know. But I, I see you every day. And I, I said, what do you mean? Well, I, I look at your Instagram every day. I know everything you do. And I'm like, what, are you kidding me? And he's like, no, I have two accounts. I have one for my music and one for my work. And so I, I follow you on my music account. So I see you every day. And every day I look at your pictures. If I haven't seen your pictures, you know, if I'm going to bed and I haven't seen you, then I'm just like, I need to go and, and see Shama. If I, if I t- type S on my phone, your name pops up. And I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? And I'm laughing out loud. Here I am you know, in Sweden, totally 100% sure that he is an asshole. He doesn't care about me. He just cuts me off just like that, moves on with his life. But the truth is that he sees me every day and he loves me so much. And I'm like, this is, this is so sick. You know, our different realities, how we perceive life, how we live life, and I laughed so, so much. And he was so generous, you know. He was really, I must say that when we met this time, he gave me, he gave me so much. He gave me so much in truths, you know, where he told me how things are. He was so open and, and calm. We were both very, very, very calm. I was saying that this time, it, it didn't go bad once. We were extremely loving we were very, very peaceful, both of us, very, very honest. And yeah, when when he told me how he handles pain from his side, I just realized that what we define as dysfunctional relationship is actually here we have two beautiful people. He's a beautiful man. I think I'm a beautiful woman. We are two people severely traumatized since childhood trying to relate to each other with all the pain, all the fears, you know, all the abandonment wounds we have. And we're really trying to open up to another person who we feel is, you know, adorable and love, lovely. And, and to meet someone, for him to meet someone like me, he's putting his, you know, mental health at risk. And for me to meet someone like him, I'm putting my mental health at risk. And we both know it, but we know it on our side. So he takes the measurement, he takes the steps he needs to take to keep going on with his life in a healthy way. And I take the steps I need to take to keep going on with my life in a healthy way. And then you can question how, and he was so cute. He said also, I know that my way to handle pain may not be the best. I know it may really, really hit me in the head one day, but 
right now this is how I function. This is how I manage my life. And look where I look where I am. You know, I'm really if I compare to where I normally should have been. If I look at my past, look where I am, and I'm not changing that. This is how I have to function. And I understand him. You know, I understand him. And when we spoke about he always feels that we argue so much, that we kind of collide so much. And I feel we never argue. I say, you are the one, you want to argue with me. You want to pick a fight with me. And right now, where we are at right now, we were, you know, really, we had such a, we were so happy we were so calm and peaceful. We were so joyous, you know, and so understanding and extremely loving, you know. And I just felt like this, what we are experiencing right now, this is the truth about us. This is what we are. The other stuff, when you cut me down, when I get sad, you know, when you say things and I say things, when things go sideways when we don't understand each other, that's not the truth. That's our egos fighting. And we just lay there and just felt like, wow, I love you so much. You know, I love you so much. And I, and we were like, I, I will always love you. And I will always love you. That's, the love is not a problem. We will always love each other, really. And, and he was so, with this podcast... And I felt like I, he gave me so much, you know, this, this evening he gave me so much. He said, Shaman, did your, your podcast, do you know what? You need to make video. You, you need to make video. People must see you, you know, you must let people see you. They must see what I see. They must see your light, you know, so you must make videos. Okay. I'm just telling you, I know this. And I'm thinking that there is a person, there is actually a person out there on the planet. He lives in the U.S. opposite, you know, where I am. And there is a person out there who loves me so much, who thinks about me every day and uh, who goes to my Instagram, who knows if I'm out and about, if I'm traveling... If I'm out dancing, yes or no, he knows about my podcast, he knows about my, you know, kids and, and, you know, and every day he looks at my pictures because it brings him joy and light. And I asked him, you don't feel pain when you go look at me because I feel pain if I, and I said, I can also, of course, if, if I want to stalk you, I can just log into another Instagram account of mine and I can go look at you. But for me, that was painful and why was it painful? It was painful because I thought he didn't care about me. He knew that I met someone and still, and I'm thinking about that, he knew I met someone and still he dared, he had the courage to reach out to me when he came here. And for me to know that there is a person that I love who loves me and is somewhere out there in the universe on the planet and every day kind of showers me with love, you know, kind of confirms this love by going to see what she's doing today, you know. I need some shaman energy, what she's doing today. And I think that is amazing. And it's not the way I want it. And he also says, he says, you want me to fit into your box. You want me this way. And you know, I can't be that, you know. And I'm like, yes, and this is what I want. I want a relationship, da, 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 like this. And now I'm here and I'm thinking, yeah. I mean, we are given what we're given and I can't, I can't control him. He's an adult and he can't control me. What is very, very clear is that we love each other, that there is a lot of love. And this time we were able to just be in that loving space, to be in that loving situation and not let the past color. There was no guilt, no blame, no, you know, judgment. It was just like loving moments. And the future 
we just let it go. You know, so the day after uh, we didn't meet because I was having this surgery and um, and he just texted me and, yeah, that he was thinking about me and that he wished me that the surgery goes well and that I should return to my my amazing self ASAP. And I texted him back and I said, thank you so much. And this is the hard part of me, for me, the separation. And... Um, um, I just said, I just, I think I just said that, that th- yes, this is the hard part for me, the separation. I'm not so good at letting go and, and closing down. And I wish you a, a lovely flight and hope that you come back to see my amazing self soon. And all he answered was, thanks, babes. And this is for me... Last time, six months ago, I would feel like, is that all I'm getting? You know, thanks, babes. What the fuck? And now I just felt like I, yes. There, there was, it was like, there was so much in these words that was not said. I just know that, okay, he's on his way. Now he's in Amsterdam and his He's already, you know, he's compartmentalizing his life. So the Shama box is now closed. To be able to move to the next where he's going, the Shama box is closed. Sweden is closed. He said that Sweden has been here this autumn without telling me he's been here. And he said it was super painful. He texted me 25 times, but he didn't send them. And he was sitting in the Thai place we had food last time. And he said, what if she comes now? What, is she, what do I do? What do I do? And I'm like laughing. Well, look away, I guess. But, you know, so for me to, to realize that these wounded children that we both are, him and I, how difficult it is for us to relate how difficult it is for us to understand the way we relate, you know, and to accept the way we relate without being hurt. Up until this time, I was hurt by his behavior. I needed him to cut me off. I'm so grateful that he cut me off because it gave me time to regain my sanity, you know, to regain my peace, to really evaluate, to see. It also gave me the opportunity to meet someone else, you know, to bring that quality into my life. And and also, so it was really, really, really good. And now this time, with all his honesty, everything he told me about how and why and how he feels about me and, you know, um, what he sees in me. For me, no other man has ever given me those gifts that he gave me, you know. Um, most likely, you can't compare things, but there's there's absolutely no doubt that he loves me. I just feel like that that is, and there is no doubt that I love him. I mean, I told you before that I would keep him in my heart forever, and... Right now, I don't need him to confirm me. Thanks, babes. That is all, you know. And I know that he is now on his way somewhere else. When he comes back here, uh, I'm going to welcome him because I love him. And I have no idea where this is going. But our idea of relationships, how they should be, how a healthy relationship should look like. I mean, it's super easy if you've been married to the same guy 30 years and you're brought up with stable parents or whatever, you know. But in my life, I haven't had that, you know. I've never been able to relate to a guy in a healthy way. So I don't know healthy. And for me, this is to love someone. That is a big thing. And to be able to connect and reconnect and actually kind of build trust, maybe this is the thing that when you are as traumatized as him and I am, maybe it takes years to be able to trust each other. You know, maybe every time we meet, every time we meet and it's as loving as this time, you know, 
when it's when we're not scared, when we are not protecting ourselves, when we are in the moment together, maybe for every time like that, we build trust. So something develops. I don't know. Or maybe one of us meets someone else. I don't know. I just know that to have a person out there in the universe who truly, truly loves me and expresses that. And I know that even though he's not my support, he's not my rock, he's not going to be there, you know, if I fall, I know that in his heart he, he is with me, you know. And this is nothing for me to, to do about. There's nothing to do about this. There's no decisions to make. There's no yes or no. There's no wrong or right. There's no, you know, things. It's just like, okay, I get it. You and I, we are actually relating with each other. And it's not dysfunctional. We do it the best we can. We do it with the tools we have. We do it with the most compassion we can have first towards ourselves second towards you so this is also important but so important for me to understand that he takes care of himself first because if he would make me his priority he would break you know because pain for him i have developed a capacity to handle pain you know and he hasn't and maybe it will change we don't know and I can understand, I can so understand that if you go down a painful road, if you begin to feel things, he lost his mom this summer and that's super painful and he says, I can't really process it because I can't be there because then I go down, I can't go down. And for me, it's more like, oh, I need to process my mom's death. I need to go through it. I need to go through it so I can begin to live again. It's just different sides of the coin, you know. It's no wrong, no right. I'm not more right than him, you know. It's just that I think at times my behavior is much more loving and caring and that's better for humanity. But I can see that all these wounds, you know, especially men who are wounded, how difficult it is to be in their feelings, you know. That that is the road to destruction, to go, be in your feelings. And me, I just want him to be with me, be with me, be with me. So I just wanted to share this with you because I think that this is such a great example of a relationship between two people traumatized as children, amazing adults, truly amazing adults. The more I meet him, the more I feel like he has a, such a warm and loving heart. Really, really, really. Before I used to think he was ice cold, but he's not. It's like more and more opening up. And I just feel like this is how we relate. And there is no wrong and there is no judgment. There is no right way. This is, you know, to be traumatized as a child and to have a relationship as an adult. It's not so easy because you feel things. And you trigger things from your past and you trigger old wounds and it's painful, just as painful as it was in your childhood and you only want to get away. And this is the thing, when you love someone, this is, you know, love is what triggers us the most, trigger our original wounds the most. And uh, so I wanted to share with you and now I want to stop saying the word dysfunctional relationship I want to bury that in the ground and just say that we are relating we have a relationship and it's lovely in the way it can be lovely and it's painful in the way it can be painful and we are learning you know growing uh, growing in trust for sure and I just feel this person, most likely this is the person who gave me the most in maybe all my life, in sincerity, in honesty. This person is not a liar. 
is this person is extremely honest, too honest <laughs> at times. And I feel so much gratitude and the bravery, you know, how brave was that to after five months after cutting me off like that hard to reach out and say hi. You know, um, there are like different types of bravery, but I know how much that took. And um, yes, so... I want all of you out there who are struggling with your relationships to not be perhaps as hard. One thing, one important thing, care for yourself first. Never, ever, ever lose yourself in the other person. Never, ever, ever do that. Never become codependent in a relationship. You keep yourself closest to your heart and then you keep the other person just as close but one millimeter away. So it's never, ever, if you ever consider that that person is more important than you, that you have to be with that person because otherwise you will be miserable, then you're on the wrong track. So you can relate to someone in a way that it may not be perfect, but as long as you keep yourself closest as your top, top, top priority, I think... Actually, healing is happening in that too. So, so no more uh, calling things dysfunctional relationships. It's just like we're learning, we're growing, we're healing. And I believe uh, that if we keep ourselves priority, if we work on our own mental health and sanity, you know, and well-being, the a platform or the possibility to relate to other traumatized people in a good way is actually increasing, it's developing, it's elevating. So thank you so much everyone. Now I'm going to take a little rest because I'm in a lot of pain <laughs> but I just felt I wanted to share this with you. Um, don't know yet how I'm going to name this episode and if it resonates with you you feel free to give me a voice message I love when you do that on Instagram uh, you can also send me an email to shamaperson at gmail.com and uh, yes um, wherever you are at I wish you all a beautiful day and I love you Peace.